This is a sermon podcast from Ashland First United Methodist Church in Ashland, Oregon. Visit us online at ashlandmethodist.org for more sermons like this, church information, and how to get involved. Ashland Methodist, a community of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. So there are many things about Jesus that um, inspires me, and one of them is Jesus' creativity. Jesus was a master storyteller and amazing educator. He used common everyday objects to reveal deep truths about God, and he used humor to help people grasp sometimes the obvious and sometimes the obscure lessons of life and God's kingdom. Jesus told stories which made learning memorable and applicable to people's lives. So I was awakened to Jesus' technique at a very, very young age, and I embarked on a puppetry journey that has helped me pass on the teachings of Jesus to our present-day listeners, including children as well as adults. So let's get rewind to the beginning. I was 15 years old when I went to my father and I told him that I thought we needed to include children's messages as part of our worship services in our church in Brazil. My dad, being both pastor and father, gently asked me to submit a proposal. (laughs) At the time, I had just returned from a puppetry workshop and discovered that I had a little knack for puppets, working with puppets. So I thought puppets would be a great tool for the children's messages. However, I was challenged because I did not have a big puppet, but that was not going to deter me. As a 15-year-old, I simply decided I will make one myself, though I really had no idea what I was doing. So I started making this um, straw and paper mache concoction to form a head, which was then covered with numerous of old, of my, old um, pantyhose from my mom's collection. Then I asked my granny to help me uh, make a body, and before long, I had my first puppet, and I named her Debbie. So next, I went to my dad and said, guess what, I have a plan. And I told him what we would do. We would start with Debbie, the puppet, sharing a predicament, and then she would ask her pastor for counsel, thus putting my father on the spot. My dad has been known to say that he believed that those messages were really about me being able to ask the faith questions that no one else was bold enough to ask. So, here she is. Miss Debbie. So this young lady started me on a puppet path ministry that has lasted a long time. So, Debbie, would you like to say anything to the congregation? Uh, um, good morning. <laughs> good morning, that's good. Anything else? Well, <clears throat> my joints are kind of arthritic now because I'm young at heart but old in body, and so um, I, I think... I'll just stare and smile. (laughs) Well, that that is very sweet. 
So um, Debbie continued her ministry when I came to college in the States, and she was my uh, main uh, go-to puppet. And when I started my ministry career in Nashville, um, after I graduated um, from grad school, she was there with me. And she was joined by several other puppets that kind of came and went, but Debbie was always there to help me when I was in need. Yes, I was very important. Yes, you were. <laughs> now, I need you to fast forward several years. And Bruce and I moved to the Rogue Valley. And that brings us to Sherman. <clears throat> While I was serving the Methodist Church in Grants Pass, a member of the congregation thought that I might find a good home for this um, furry, straggly puppet. And to be frank, I was not wild about this puppet. I did not feel a connection with it. I could not feel any personality surfacing from it. So for about a year, he, or it, kept quiet, believe it or not, just hanging around, literally, over the stairwell. Well, that all changed when I was preparing a program for the United Methodist Women's Mission School, School of Missions, and I had been asked to prepare a devotional on the Beatitudes. So there I was, trying to find some creative juices in the living room, when I just happened to stare at the puppet, when all of a sudden, a lightning bolt struck me. The puppet simply needed glasses. So I put on the glasses on the puppet, and the puppet found life. So when I shared my program idea with Bruce, we started playing with creating the persona and voice for this puppet. And before we knew it, and almost miraculously, Sherman was born. We like to say that Sherman is our firstborn child. <laughs> a true mixing of Bruce's clever sense of humor and writing and my playful performing skills. Sherman's first message was the beat attitudes. And in this first exhortation, Sherman went through the well-known verses and basically just got everything upside down and backwards. Yet, his heart was always in the right place. So without further ado, I would like to bring you the original Sherman to once again share his first message that shaped the unique approach to teaching ever since. <laughs> this one's for you, Michael. <clears throat> you! So good morning, Sherman. How are you today? Hey, I'm real cool, like totally awesomely cool, but hey, who turned out the lights? It's kind of dark in here. Well, Sherman, that's because you're wearing some really dark sunglasses. Oh, yeah, right. Can't be cool without my shades, man. So I see we have a real bunch here of cats and crazy chicks here. Whoa, whoa, Sherman, I'm not sure about that, but we do see a lot of men and women in our congregation. Right on. Cats and chicks, same difference. That's beat talk. <laughs> 
Beat talk, Sherman? Are you a beatnik? You got it. And I'm here to promote my new book, Wabam. Could you hold it up for me for these cool cats and chicks to see? Okay, let's see what we have here. <clears throat> the Beat Attitudes by Sherman on the Mount. Hmm. <laughs> that sounds vaguely familiar, Sherman. No, man, no way. It's all new and it's so hip, it makes a golf ball look square. And dig it. This is I'm laying it down in the righteous pages. It says, blessed are the rich, for they have money and control the world. <laughs> blessed are those who have lots of food. They will not hunger. Wabam and blessed are those who laugh and enjoy life because crying is a drag. And blessed are they that are loved and accepted because they have lots of power and dough, like mucho mula. And blessed are they that are beautiful and famous and like totally hip. Blessed are they that blow their own horn so that everybody knows where their gig is. Wabam. And blessed are those who take what they can get and then they get real gone. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for your reward is right here on earth where you can get your hands on it and call it your very own. So dig it. That's what I'm laying on ya. And when Sherman Q on the mount lays it on ya, wa-bomb, it sticks. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sherman, I'm afraid you got things a little bit twisted around here. Wow. Say what? You're telling me that my thinking is like strictly pretzelsville? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, Sherman. You see, you have a problem with your values. I mean, you have everything turned around completely backwards. Mm, really? Well, maybe that's because I was writing the script when I was looking in the mirror. <laughs> so, what a drag. So, hit me with the real skinny. What's the real righteous version? Well, Sherman, you find it in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, chapter 5. There, Jesus tells us who is blessed in the kingdom of God. Well, then, lay it on me straight. Who really gets the nod from God? Well, Sherman, it's the poor in spirit, those that mourn, the modest, the merciful, the compassionate, the peacemakers, those who hunger for righteousness, and those who are persecuted for their faith. These are the people that are blessed, not the rich or the beautiful or the powerful necessarily. Okay, so I dig it, but what about the hip and the cool? Are they blessed? Well, I wouldn't count on it, Sherman. I'd say you better spend more time studying the Bible and less time playing your bongo drums. Well, I stand corrected, and I'll take a look in the book and do a rewrite to get it right. Hmm, backwards, huh? Maybe that's why I couldn't find a publisher. Oh, well, it's time to split, so see you later, alligators, and after a while, crocodiles. 
Well, so <clears throat> now we say goodbye to the original Sherman, but who is still holding up surprisingly well, though he's starting to show his age and kind of frail on the seams. But as Bruce says, he can relate to that. Really? I think he's looking pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you, Sherman. So now we bring back Sherman's incarnation. When Sherman started falling apart in the seams, I, I got panicked and um, was concerned because Sherman was my main puppet. And so I found somebody who made Sherman's replacement, and that was Tammy Reynolds. She was a member here. Some of you may remember her and Michael Grubbs. And so Sherman's body is refreshed, but the mind and soul remain the same. <laughs> right on. So uh, for another insight into our faith, we check with Sherman as we recognize him today. So good morning, Sherman. Oh, good morning, Dorita. <clears throat> so uh, it's good to see everybody here again. <laughs> yes, Sherman. And today's topic in our message is left behind. And I understand you have something special to say about that? I sure do. Whenever anybody says left behind, it brings back some painful memories. That's too bad, Sherman. Maybe if you talk it out, you'll feel a little bit better. Tell us what happened. Okay, you see, over spring break, our class went on this field trip, and it was a nature camp up in Bend, and we were all set to go, but then I got this letter from the school and said I couldn't go. Oh, that's sad, really. Why not? Well, it seems I forgot to get some vaccinations. Well, I couldn't go because I hadn't gotten mine. I see, Sherman. So you were left behind. That can be painful to know that all your friends were going on a trip and you would be staying home. Well, actually, I didn't miss the entire trip. I, I was only there a few hours late because my mom drove me back to Bend after I got my you-know-whats. Ah, I see. So you didn't miss the trip. So why then were the words left behind so painful? Well, <clears throat> because when I went to get my vaccinations, that's where they gave them to me. You know, right there on the left behind. Okay, Sherman. Now it's beginning to make sense. But still, I suppose you were still sad about missing the first part of the trip. Well, yeah, I was, but you know, when I got to camp, my friends were all there, and they welcomed me, and they even prepared a special place for me. And they had my bunk filled with a big welcome sign saying, Welcome Sherman, and some funny pictures and everything. It really made me feel right at home, like I belonged there. Well, Sherman, I see. Once again, you managed to help me really, really well because something like that happened in the Bible. And it happened to Jesus' disciples. Whoa! You mean that the disciples had to get shots too? I didn't know it was required in order to be a disciple. <laughs> well, no, Sherman, no, of course not. 
What it means is that they were also, they were also feeling sad and in a way kind of lost because when they found out that Jesus would be leaving them, they didn't want to say goodbye to Jesus when Jesus went up to heaven. Oh yeah, I can only imagine. I'm sure they felt like, well, you know, left behind. Right, they did. But Jesus comforted them. Jesus told them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. I am going to prepare a place for you and you will come back and be with me so that you may also be where I am. Whoa, now that is so cool. So everything was fine after all, right? Well, yes, but not exactly. You see, some of the disciples weren't really too sure. I think it was hard for them to understand, at least at first. But they finally did understand, right? I mean, they knew that Jesus wasn't going away and just forget them. I believe that in the end, yes, they did understand that. They knew that Jesus would keep his promise, that he would prepare a place for them. And in the same way, you realize in the end that your friends also would remember you and prepare a place for you at camp. Whoa, yeah, they sure did. In fact, they really did remember me in the end. And I really mean in the end. Uh, Sherman, what do you mean by that? Well, you see, they got me this special super soft cushion for my <clears throat> end, so I want to be left behind. The benches at camp are really kind of hard. Well, that's great, Sherman. Your friends are really true friends and always good friends to the end. You've given a new meaning to that saying, and our message today was awesome. Thanks again, Sherman. You're welcome from the bottom of you <coughs> know what. <clears throat> One second. Two in a row is hard. So, as you can see, Sherman follows a classic formula created by Bruce. He gets in the gym, he gets twisted around, and uses words in strange ways, but everything always seems to come out right in the end, <laughs> to use the expression again. So he gives us some insight into scripture and our faith as well, our faith journey as well in the process. Well, in my heart and soul, Sherman is about 27 years old, but he hasn't aged a day. Bruce and I must have well over 200 original Sherman scripts in files, so many that we often can't remember ever doing some of them in the first place <laughs> and trying to pick some for today. It was like, oh, that was good. Oh, maybe we should do this one. Uh, Sherman has uh, become a favorite preacher, so to speak, among the young and the old. He has been a great source of God's laughter, insight, and inspiration. In fact, as part of my ordination process in 2005, Sherman joined me in the panel presentation before the clergy session. This is when they vote on you <laughs> to see whether you should be clergy or not. The bishop is there. And when I was done, um, my presentation was, of course, with Sherman. 
And when I was done, uh, the bishop came to me and said, exactly who is being ordained here today, Dorita or Sherman? <laughs> and in a way, I guess the answer was both of us. So looking back over the years, certainly Debbie and Sherman were my two most faithful companions and collaborators. But there are many others in this puppet cloud of witnesses. Some of you may remember the fastidious British uh, Letitia Reginald, or Sylvester the Snail and his incredible drawl. In contrast to Crocodile and Chickadee, who were frantic, a frantic twosome, and they were popular when I had a wooden theater, puppet theater. Then you have the downsized Betty Bye, who took prime spot when Debbie was starting to show her age in the end, and Alice literally started to fall apart. All of these puppets, and actually many more, are part of my heart, and will continue to make special guest appearances in the years to come, hopefully here, I'm sure. Jesus said that God's kingdom is like a little seed that once planted grows into a huge tree with thick branches. Little did I know that one puppet would grow into a puppet ministry, blooming God colors and joy and love. I've been blessed. Amen. <laughs>